Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Now, it is so much easier to prevent cancer than to try to reverse cancer once you have it. And out of all the conditions that someone can get medically, uh, cancer is probably the most scary. The prognosis is not good. The treatment is very invasive. So today we're going to talk about uh, the prevention of cancer. But if you have cancer, there is something you can do as well. I'm going to put some links down below. But an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. But only if you have the correct information about prevention. I mean, how are you going to prevent cancer if you're operating off of the wrong information? So today I'm going to share with you some quality knowledge that potentially could help avoid cancer. So first of all, what causes cancer? What causes cancer is damage to your mitochondria. Then what happens, this normal cell converts over to a cancer cell. So it's not like an invasion of a um, an infection, a virus. It's a situation where your cells are damaged and your body through a survival mechanism converts over to a cancer cell. So it originates from a normal cell. And so this new cancer cell is very um, kind of prehistoric. It's very crude. It loses its mortality. It can actually now live forever. And so the metabolism of cancer is completely different from the metabolism of a normal cell. Uh, its rate of consuming sugar is much higher than a normal cell. And the other interesting thing about cancer is that it spreads into areas of inflammation. So it can become malignant and spread into areas that you had trauma, mechanical injury, or for example, let's say you're a smoker and you have chronic inflammation in your lungs, it can spread in that area. Or let's say there's chronic inflammation in the gut that happened from eating the wrong foods then the cancer can spread to that area as well. So it's really important to understand that anything that can create damage in your mitochondria can also cause cancer. And there's also other things that are emphasized uh, at the wrong level of importance. So it's really valuable to know what is really important versus what is not as important when you're trying to prevent cancer. So I think everyone knows uh, smoking usually causes cancer to your lungs, but Smoking can also cause cancer to your pancreas. In fact, one of the biggest causes of pancreatic cancer is smoking, which is kind of interesting because you would think that it would only affect the lungs, but it can affect the pancreas as well. And of course, the chronic consumption of alcohol can cause cancer, okay? I think mo most people know that. And then of course, um, they talk about obesity as being a risk factor. Well, um, okay, is it obesity itself or is it, a diet that created obesity, like a diet that has uh, frequent meals. So six meals a day causing a lot of snacking. So the combination of both frequent eating and high carbs can increase your risk of getting obese. And so in reality, I wouldn't say that obesity in itself causes cancer, but those things that cause obesity definitely increase cancer, especially too much insulin. When you have high levels of insulin, your risk for cancer go way up. And so now it's important to understand what causes an insulin spike. Well, a lot of refined carbohydrates and sugar, as well as eating frequent meals. And then of course, on the flip side of that, 
What about fasting? What about intermittent fasting? What does that do for cancer? Well, it does a lot. It's probably the most important thing you can do if you get cancer. In fact, there's two cases that I know right now that were both stage four terminal cancer. And both of these people did fasting and completely went in remission with cancer. I mean, the doctors were just dumbfounded. I did an interview with one of the gentlemen, which I'll put a link down below. I mean, it's quite amazing to go from a stage four to not having any stages of cancer. That's, that's incredible. And the most important thing to do prolonged fasting. And both of these individuals were not smokers. They were not drinkers. So the question is what caused their cancer? Well, we're going to go through some things. Now, right now, if you actually do a research on decreasing your risk factor for cancer, you'll see that um, saturated fat um, causes cancer uh, or it's linked to cancer. And so they're recommending that you should replace your saturated fat with unsaturated fat. Okay, so this right here is very, very bad advice. Um, and all the things I talk about today, I'm gonna to put research down below so you can um, cross-reference these um, studies. But the quality of studies that they did for fat are basically questionnaire studies, very, very poor quality, um, very inconclusive. To say that saturated fat alone uh, increases your risk of getting a cancer. There are so many other variables that it could be when you're doing this questionnaire type study. So as far as the unsaturated fats, you have omega-3 and then you have omega-6 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids are very anti-inflammatory. So that would greatly improve inflammation, which could decrease the risk of getting cancer right there. But then omega-6 fatty acids, the corn oils, the soy oil, cottonseed oil, the other unsaturated fatty acids that people are telling you to eat more of and replace the saturated fats, well, those have direct links of increasing inflammation, but there's also some credible data that shows that when you consume these seed oils that are heated, as in frying something, greatly increase uh, your risk of getting cancer. And I'll put that data down below. Now, what about monounsaturated fats like uh, avocado oil or olive oil? Well, those show some pretty good anti-cancer effects. So those are pretty safe, but personally, I've not seen any credible data that shows in any way that saturated fats are linked to increasing your risk of getting cancer. Now, what about trans fats? Yes, there is some big links between trans fats and increasing your risk of cancer. So to simplify what I'm gonna talk about is the more refined something is, the more chemically processed something is, like the uh, vegetable oils, for example, where they're using all sorts of chemicals and high heat and pressure to refine them, um, the more something will increase the risk of getting cancer. Now let's shift to another topic that relates to this, red meat and processed meat. They kind of lump these two together, uh, saying that both of these will increase your risk of getting cancer. But we really have to differentiate them because um, you also have a lot of um, white processed meat, okay? Not just red processed meat. And also you have to look at how many of these studies were based on a questionnaire. Uh, probably all of them. And also you have to look at the quality of this red meat. Um, did they do the study on grass-fed, grass-finished red meat? No, they haven't. Did they differentiate when you're eating red meat alone or with some other carbohydrate, like French fries, for example? Did they differentiate uh, the red meat from McDonald's versus red meat from the farm? The answer is no. Now, the thing that's in processed meat is a lot of chemicals, a lot of refining, 
a lot of things added. So it's pretty much obvious that if you're eating uh, red meat at a fast food restaurant, it's highly processed and refined. Now, this also kind of crosses over to processed foods, okay? Because when we're looking at um, refined foods or ultra-refined foods, it's in the family of a lot of processed meat and refined carbohydrates and chemicals. And the combination with adding a protein with sugar or a fat with sugar with high heats, okay? As in French fries, chips, and they might have a little bit of whole wheat flour in there that is so badly processed that you cannot say that whole grains will help prevent cancer. So when you see some study that shows that whole wheat grain reduces your cancer risk, um, look at the whole picture, actually read it. In fact, I've never heard anyone just eating whole grains. They usually have it with a bunch of other things. But the problem is when you take these processed food, especially refined grains, and you add it with heat, and you add it with certain vegetable oils, you get what's called acrylamide, okay? Acrylamide is a known carcinogen. So again, without getting too complex, we want to avoid refined foods. We wanna avoid processed foods, of course. We wanna look at the quality of whole foods. And this relates to the next thing I'm gonna talk about, which is fiber. Um, you'll see this all the time where, well, if you increase your fiber, you're gonna decrease your risk of cancer. Now they're lumping in all the different types of fiber with vegetable fiber. What about all these new synthetic fibers that they're coming out with? They're called functional fibers, like resistant maltodextrin, like tapioca fiber, like corn fiber. These are all very new fibers that have not stood the time of safety studies. We don't really know about them. They may not affect your blood sugars, but um, I found some interesting data I want to share with you. So adding highly refined fiber to processed foods could have some negative effects on your health, such as promoting liver cancer, according to a new study. Uh, researchers at Georgia State University and the University of Toledo. Future studies will certainly be needed to disentangle the harmful from the beneficial aspects of gut fermentation. In fact, they found a significant amount of these mice in the study developed uh, liver cancer. Now you might say, well, wait a second, mice are different than humans, but there's really been no safety studies on humans. So to start putting all these functional fibers in a lot of the foods that you eat right now, including a lot of the so-called keto-friendly bars and snacks, et cetera, I think is very premature. So yes, they might not have an effect on your blood sugar, but what kind of effect do they have on your gut microbiome? And so again, to simplify this, you want to consume fiber from actual food, not some synthetic fiber that is added to your food. Now, since we're on the topic of synthetic, I wanna uh, now mention um, antioxidants, right? There's some conflicting information that says that antioxidant supplements actually cause cancer, right? Now, wait a second. I thought that antioxidants prevented cancer. Well, what you might not know is the studies that they're basing this on uh, involve using synthetic antioxidants, not the antioxidants that you would get from food. Let's, for example, take beta carotene. Beta carotene is a carotenoid. It's a fat-soluble antioxidant, and uh, it has a lot of great benefits, but apparently it's being put in our foods. It's being put in infant formula as vitamin A. 
It's being used to color uh, farm-raised salmon to give it that pink color, because if you didn't, it would be gray. It's also been used in commercial eggs to color the egg yolks to make them look really good. Because if they didn't, you wouldn't have the color. Well, you might say, well, it's just a beta carotene. It's just an antioxidant. It's not going to cause any issue. But if you've done the deep dive into how they make beta carotene synthetically, wow, they had all sorts of chemicals. It's made from acetone using different solvents like um, hexane all to make this coloring agent, right? So there's a really big difference between a synthetic something and a natural. It's not the same thing. And the problem is there's links to increased risk of getting cancer. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about decreasing the risks of cancer, right? And so all antioxidants you might think are good, but well, only those that come from nature. So again, to simplify this, you wanna eat real food. You don't wanna do synthetic versions of food and you wanna get your antioxidants from vegetables. Now, since we're talking about antioxidants, I wanna talk about probably the most powerful antioxidants and that would be melatonin, okay? Melatonin definitely decreases your risk of getting cancer. Now, melatonin is a sleep hormone, but it also has another function in all of your cells and it can act as an antioxidant. And the way that you increase um, melatonin is to be exposed to infrared light. So when you're out in the sun, you get uh, a tremendous amount of infrared that actually can penetrate your clothes and it goes right into your body, at least two inches. And all this infrared can recharge and increase melatonin, which is a very powerful antioxidant. Now, this might be confusing to you because you've been taught to stay out of the sun because the sun is bad and it will increase your risk of getting a cancer. Well, this is another topic that's completely distorted and they, there's a lot of misinformation. So let me just clarify that. When you're out in the sun, okay, you have um, UV light, okay? And it's the UVB type of light that will help you increase vitamin D. And vitamin D is another thing that can greatly decrease your risk of getting cancer. But on top of that, the UV light stimulates um, your melanocytes, uh, the cells that make melanin. And melanin acts like an umbrella. It's like a natural sunscreen. It's protection against the harmful radiation of UV light. So understanding that, it's important that you don't let yourself get completely burned, but you can just expose yourself to a certain amount of light. And so you get a tan and not get totally burnt. And maybe you gradually increase the dosage of sun you can actually decrease the risk of that UV radiation. There are some real interesting studies, which I'll include down below, that shows that being out in the sun decreases your risk of getting certain types of cancer, especially prostate cancer. And the so-called credible research studies that shows that sun increases your risk of getting melanoma is very, very weak and a very poor association. So a certain amount of sun exposure can help you decrease the risk of cancer and a lot of other uh, chronic health conditions. Number one, from the vitamin D. Number two, from all the melatonin that you're going to generate from that. Also, antioxidants from cruciferous vegetables. If you consume just three servings of cruciferous vegetables every single week, you can decrease your risk of certain types of cancer by up to 40%. I mean, that's incredible. 
Then you have exercise, right? Exercise has been a known proven activity to decrease your risk of cancer. 